Welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Here each week we engage in candid conversations with Nate, focusing in on some of the subjects brought up in the Sunday morning teaching shared at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. Have you ever encountered a barrier in life that you couldn't get past? Maybe a weight loss goal that stalled out. Maybe a savings goal that became sidetracked. These barriers in life can cause us to become very frustrated and wish we could break them down somehow. Well, thankfully, God has created a way for the barriers between us and Him and the barriers between us and other people to be broken down so that loving relationship can take place. In this episode of Unscripted, we talk about our God of reconciliation and the reconciliation He offers us with Him and with other people. Let's join the discussion now. Hey, well, welcome back to another episode of Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris, who's still on sabbatical. We're here with Pastor Paul, and I'm Pastor Evan, um, filling in, and just excited to be here today and talk with Pastor Paul. So, welcome to the show, Paul. I'm so glad to be here. Are you? I am. Good. Always. I know. I'm, I'm always glad to be here, too, when I get to. So, mm-hmm. um, this week, we were in the book of Ephesians, still continuing in our, in our study of the book, and going from Ephesians 2... 14 or 15 through chapter 3, verse 7, talking about the Jew so or that Gentile. Was a, that was a little bit of a dig at me that probably our listeners wouldn't understand. Which is fine. But I said that I was starting in verse 15, but I actually started in 14 and through the production team for a little bit of a loop, I guess. And I'm not on the production team. I just sat in at the 9 a.m. I don't know what you said during the 10, which is why I don't know which one was posted. So. Oh, you didn't hear what I said about you at the... 10 o'clock service. No, you know, uh, you know, speaking behind people's backs, that's really good. So, yeah, well, I thought you were there. I can't see. I mean, I was, yeah, you, it's fine. Um, anyways, but yeah, we're in Ephesians chapter 2, 14 through 3, verse 7. Um, and Paul did a great job covering a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. And he read a really long sentence, really, really fast. And I was like, man, I really hope he stops and talks about each of these. And he did. So I was very grateful <laughs> for that because I think another, a few other people around me were just like, what is he doing? But <laughs> apparently it was one of Paul's really, Paul, Paul the Apostle's really long run-on sentences that he, that he doesn't get in trouble for. But I got in trouble for in my English class and when I wrote English papers, especially in Bible class, I remember in college, they told they told us they were like yeah Paul had really long run on sentences but you can't and I'm like well why does why does the apostle because he's the apostle Paul is like oh that doesn't seem fair you so. know it's, it's interesting because I looked at some different versions uh, that chapter three one through seven being one verse in other versions they separate it into different sentences they it's do. not one sentence it's interesting the NLT is separated into separate sentences I believe yeah. Um, was there anything that you really wanted to get to yesterday that you didn't uh, with like, you know, preparing and everything? No, I was surprised at how well they they flowed together because I did cut off uh, earlier than I was supposed to. But, you know, Nate's on sabbatical, so yeah. he, he'll never know. Yeah. But um, the they they flowed together because just the the thought of the gentiles and the jews and there's all that talk in there and then as he gets gets into chapter three he's talking about this mystery and he talks about how that is such a huge part of the mystery of what god was doing that you know back in the old testament times they couldn't see that coming mm-hmm. <laughs> like i didn't see that one coming yeah. you know that the gentiles were going to be included into the household of god 
was quite a big. So yeah, that I felt like that was kind of a the big overarching thing with this section of teaching. Yeah, awesome. And that's really interesting because you read. I was thinking about this. I was like, man, when did they make the court of the Gentiles an actual thing? Mm. Um, because in the Old Testament, in uh, in the law. It said, if a foreigner wants to become a worshiper of God, allow them to come in and worship with you. And so um, when did that happen? Because, I mean, when did, when did Gentiles get such a bad rap with the Jewish people and being unclean and all that kind of stuff and having to go, just go that direction and creating a, a separate court for right. Gentile worshipers? Yeah, I think... I would imagine, I don't know this for certain, but I imagine because that was Herod's mm-hmm. temple that was there at that time, and I'm guessing that that's when it was instituted, that actual wall of separation, because if you look at the diagrams of the uh, temples, you know you see that with Herod's temple, that there was a specific court of the Gentiles and a wall that separated the Gentiles from the Jewish people, and that's what the archaeologists in 1871 that I brought out in the teaching that they uncovered that inscription on there saying, if you go past this wall, you're going to die. That's paraphrase. But um, they, uh, and so I I would imagine that was when it was taking place for sure. It, it definitely, yeah. Like you said, you know, back in the old Testament times, you see a lot of times of, you know, God speaking to the Israelite nation, talking about how to, to deal with foreigners, Gentiles. And a lot of it is like, you should be kind to them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and you should, you know, welcome them in. But it's yeah. There's there's other things you know that are very strict. You know, as far as intermarrying and things like that. You know, that was forbidden for sure. The Jew was was never to intermarry with a, a Gentile, and so and they, they got in trouble when they did. So, except for Boaz, that's crazy. That's and the know, guy who married Rahab. Yeah, well, and that's where. You know, I think we could do a whole other podcast just on that aspect. But, you know, they the Gentiles weren't... A, a, sometimes people think that, like, God was favoring the Jewish people and saying only Jewish people can be saved. But that's not what he was doing. Yeah. He was choosing the Jewish people to be the people group that he would display himself through them and bring the Messiah into the world, the Savior of the world, through the Jewish people. But Gentiles throughout Scripture were, in the Old Testament times and stuff, were saved. And they they came to worship God. And um, so, yeah, there was a, a d- distinct difference between the two. But at the same time, God was never forbidding Gentiles from being worshipers of him. I mean, even the Ninevites I brought out, you know, the little story of Jonah and the teaching. The Ninevites, God had Jonah go called the Ninevites to repentance. Mm-hmm. It was a bunch of Gentiles. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think one of my favorite verses um, that I like to go back to is in Deuteronomy 7, 7, and it says, the Lord did not set his love on you, speaking to the nation of Israel, or choose you <laughs> yes, because you this. were more in number than any of the peoples, for you were the fewest of all the peoples, but he, he chose you because the Lord loved you. And he kept the oath which he swore to your forefathers. The Lord brought you out by a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery and from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. It's like he didn't choose you because you were great. Actually, you were the least amount of people. 
he chose you because he yeah. he set his love on you and yeah um and I, I just think that that's amazing person. because it it's even true of of believers today and Christians today that's like he didn't choose us because we were so great, mm-hmm. you know, or because of how good we are and the good things that we've done. He chose us because he's chosen to set his love on us. Yeah. And it's just that that totally changes the relationship and your perspective of yours as an individual perspective of wow, God loves me, you know, instead of like, well, look at all these great things I can do for God. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, too, with that, because what happened with a lot of the Jewish people is they became prideful in their being chosen by God Mm -hmm. and like, oh, we're special, you know, like we're better than you. And, And God made it very clear that, no, that's not why I chose you. And uh, I think I had a whole teaching prepared because I thought Nate was going to be sick, uh, but that he wasn't. And he taught on that uh, section, but I like was, it had to do with that attitude of deserving, like, oh, I deserve God's love. And and I, I was going to share in that about how God doesn't love us based on how much we deserve to be loved. He loves us based on how much we need to be loved, which is a, real freeing wow. idea to think yeah. about because <laughs> like, totally. I know I need to be loved. Yeah. And so you talked about yesterday, uh, the difference, you know, enlightening us on the difference between Jew and Gentile and the enmity between, um, between them and all that kind of stuff. And that now the mystery of God has been revealed and that was to bring the Gentile Gentiles, everyone else on earth into the family as well and create not just, two separate people, but Mm. one person in Christ. And there was something you said yesterday um, in the section about, you know, we are being built into a house by the spirit of the Lord. He's making us one together. Um, And then this, I loved this. You said there's a unique experience in the community of the body of Christ that we cannot have on our own. And you used the verse from Matthew where it says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. And so I was just like, wow, why, like what made you include that in, in your teaching yesterday? Cause that was really powerful for me. Cause if you know anything about me, I'm all about community. Like I love yeah. to be uh, with the people of the Lord and I love to create community and an environment where that happens. And so that was, that was something that was really um, impactful for me. And just, there's a unique experience in the community of the body of Christ that we cannot have on our own. Right. Yeah, I, I think I was just thinking about the, the Jews, you know, tried to keep the Gentiles out, you know, and I'm sure the Gentiles probably reciprocated, you know, like, you don't like me, I don't like you. Mm-hmm. And how, but God had a different purpose. He was bringing everybody together. And, and as Paul says there in Ephesians 2, he says that you are being fitted together mm-hmm. Uh, to grow into a holy temple in the Lord, whom whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit, and there's there's something about when we're together and fitted together that that becomes a dwelling place of God in the Spirit uh, in a, in a unique way. And so I think it just kind of reminded me of Jesus's words, you know, that hey, if if there's two or three of you guys gathered together in my name, I'm there in your midst. And there's a unique presence that's there uh, when we're together in his name, not necessarily just together, but together in his name yeah. for his purposes and stuff. 
And I do see, you know, I've been doing ministry a long time. One of the hardest things to do in ministry is get people to come together. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy how difficult it is to get people to come together and just for a meeting or something, you yeah. know, and like schedules and conflicts and everything. And it is one of the greatest battles, I think, in ministry is just let's get together. <laughs> yeah. And, and so in my mind, I'm like, well, that's where Satan's working really hard. Yeah. He's working hard to keep us separated from each other because he knows the power that is going to be present when we get together in the name of the Lord. Yeah. And then that kind of leads into your final point, I think that you made, and I think really resonated with a lot of people yesterday. I know I got to pray for a few people just on the fact of, um, reconciliation Mm. that God is in the business of reconciliation, you know? And so I wrote down, God is in the business of reconciliation. Are we, (laughs) you know, are we in the business of being reconciled to each other? And you shared a story about your father-in-law, which was really powerful. And it it was just totally of the Lord and how you get to use that now in your testimony and your story of what the Lord has done in your life Mm -hmm. and how you've been obedient to his voice and in scripture and that kind of stuff and get to share that with other people. Um, And I think that that was just such a powerful moment yesterday for a lot of people um, to really think about being reconciled with people and, Mm -hmm. um, and what that means and truly what it means for us right as believers yeah it's uh i think it's a super important subject and i think it's a confused subject um these days there's a lot of talk these days about boundaries and setting up boundaries in your life um there's, I think, a popular book, or at least one, if not more, books about boundaries for a Christian. Uh, not speaking of boundaries towards sin, but boundaries towards other people and who you let into your life and don't let into your life and, and such. I haven't read the book, so I don't know. It could be excellent. Um, but I get a concern. I have a, one of those experiences of, Hmm. <laughs> like if something rises up in me that causes me to question setting up boundaries in our lives like that, because the reason I have an issue with it is, is this for the person, the other person's benefit, or is this for my benefit? Mm. And as Christians, we're to die to ourselves, we're to put ourselves willingly into uncomfortable positions in order to minister to other people. And so, you know, when we have broken relationships, I think a lot of times people are holding people off, other people off, in order to benefit themselves because of how that relationship, you know, using some modern-day language, that's toxic and, you know, things like that. And I get it. And like I shared in the teaching, I, you know, I don't think God's word instructs us to put ourselves into dangerous positions. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe that's been taken really far um, and not just talking about physical danger or really genuine emotional damage that people do to each other. But, um, you know, like, oh, I don't like the way you looked at me or something, you know, like that. Yeah. So we're not going to hang out anymore, you know, the cancel culture and everything. Yeah. And and so I, I just feel like, you know, we need to 
do everything we can to reconcile our broken relationships with people. And even if it makes it difficult for us and uncomfortable for us. And, and like I shared in the teaching, one of the biggest things to me is like I, what I've seen in ministry and doing counseling with people over the years is they, they think how they know the future. Mm. <laughs> like if I go seek reconciliation with this person, this is what's going to happen because this is what's happened in the past this is what's going to happen in the future. And like I asked the question in the teaching yesterday, is our God not able? Mm. Is our God not able to do the miraculous? Can he not heal a relationship? Like, is that impossible for him to do? And by us refusing to even approach the situation, does it limit God's ability to do something miraculous supernatural that is going to give him so much glory you know by healing a broken relationship totally i love that too i was going to get to that but you beat me to it um just that 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 quote is like is our god not able because it really brings into question your view and your understanding of who you believe god to be like do you do you trust god then and if he's putting this on your heart and this is what he says Mm -hmm then this is what we're supposed to do, you know? And I was, I was reading a few, um, a few weeks ago, um, in the book I mentioned last week with A.W. Tozer, um, just the, the simpleness of, um, how can any man believe a command? Commands are to be obeyed. And until we have obeyed them, we have done exactly nothing at all about them. (laughs) And to have heard them and not obeyed them is infinitely worse than never to have heard them at all, hmm. especially in the light of Christ's soon return and the judgment to come. And it was just like, well, a lot of the things that Jesus said aren't just really good things to you know take into your life and be like, oh, that's really good. Or you're like, I don't really like that. It's like some of the things he said are straight commands, yeah. you know? And it's like some people are like, well, I don't really, I don't believe that. So I'm not going to accept that into my life or um, well, I don't think he was actually commanding that. And it's like, I don't know how you can't take that as a command. But Yeah. Well, that, yeah, love your enemies, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, what does that mean to love them? You know, and that's where, you know, the story I shared with my father-in-law, I had done, I was a pastor and um, I had done some really good spiritual backflips in gymnastics to try and figure out how I could accomplish my desire, which was to have no relationship with him um, because I was so mad at him for what he had done. And I made it a, I thought I was doing a high spiritual thing and I had, you know, created and justified my disobedience to the Lord um, in, in a way that made myself, you know, when people would confront me about it, I would have all the answers and excuses why. But finally, the Lord just broke through all of that and, and just spoke to me. It was like, no, Paul, you're wrong. You know, you're harboring hatred and bitterness. That, that's why this relationship is broken. It's not because of his sin. It's because of your sin. Mm-hmm. And that was like, and that's what, you know, it's, it's such an emotional experience. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be, you know, trying to, share that in and the teaching but when I went to him and asked him to forgive me I didn't expect him to respond the way he did and he broke and he asked for forgiveness for his sin he received Christ and share this in the teaching yesterday but 
he received Christ as his savior and then three weeks later he died, yeah. you know, and I just didn't expect that at all. I just went knowing that Jesus told me, go ask him to forgive you. And then all that other stuff happened. And, and that's what I'm, you know, I was trying to encourage people. And if you're listening to this and you have a broken relationship, I would just say, man, just open up your heart. Don't, don't, make all these excuses and justify why it's okay for you to have this broken relationship. Just open up your heart to the Lord and, and let him speak to you and then just do what he tells you to do. And don't try to figure out how this is going to roll out and what's going to happen next. Just take that step of faith and, and trust the Lord. And, and who knows, maybe he'll do something incredibly miraculous you never would have believed because we're going to get to that later in Ephesians. He does exceedingly abundantly above mm-hmm. all we can ask or think. Yeah. And uh, another thing I heard um, just along the lines of reconciliation is that it says as much as possible or as much as it depends on you live at peace with all men, right. you know, as the individual. So it's like go and do what, what God is calling you to do, what he's put on your heart to do to be reconciled to that person. But you also have to know that reconciliation goes both ways. <laughs> like yeah. it, it involves another human, right? right? That may or may not want to be reconciled. And that's where we get hung up, right? We're like, well, they don't want to be. He's yeah. like, you don't, you don't know that. And that's the scary part about it. Mm-hmm. But your, but you being faithful to what the Lord has called you to do, mm-hmm will know that you have done everything in your power to have reconciled that relationship. And it's up to them. You know, I think of, I think of the scripture where it says that Paul, you know, his custom was to go into, um, whenever he came to a new city was to go to the synagogue and meet with his fellow Jews and to, to, uh, it says argue Christ with them, but I don't think he actually argued. He may have, but like to like present Christ as the Messiah and to show them through the scriptures that, and then I think it was in Corinth or Athens or somewhere, um, that he went three weeks in a row and then they were like, we want nothing to do with you. And he like shook out his robes, which I'm pretty sure was pretty disrespectful. (laughs) But, um, but at the same time, it signified that he's like, look, like your, your blood is on your own hands. I have done what I can do. And now it's up to you. Like the responsibility is not mine anymore. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's often what the Lord wants us to do is to just to number one, trust him to step out in faith like that and know that because that's what he's done for us, right? He's done everything possible to reconcile us to himself. Mm -hmm. And then it's everyone's individual response to, to accept that or to not, because there are people that have chosen not to accept his reconciliation right. and his redemption that he has done for them. And it's just like, man, if God is willing to do that, that's what he's asking us to do. Totally. And they're not, and, and in a lot of ways in those relationships, they're not rejecting us. <laughs> they're rejecting the Lord in some ways, but in some ways they are rejecting mm. us as well, depending on the situation. Well, they're definitely, if they're not willing to reconcile, they are rejecting the Lord because he is a God of reconciliation. He doesn't, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm talking specifically about another believer. Yeah. But an unbeliever is rejecting the Lord too because they're already rejecting the Lord. <laughs> but um, because he wants us to be at peace with each other. And yeah. so if you refuse to be at peace with me as another believer, you are rejecting the Lord because that's not his will. He doesn't want you to 
uh, be in conflict with another believer. Yeah. He wants you to be unit in unit unity with another believer. You know, I think the issue is one of of control. A lot mm-hmm. of times, you know, people are afraid of losing control. They think like by refusing to be in this relationship, they're having some kind of control over that relationship. And so they don't want to give up that control. And it's an, an issue of pride. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a humble thing to do to go to somebody and say, hey, I'd like to be reconciled to you. You know, you're really putting yourself out there, making yourself vulnerable. And, and people don't want to do that, even though that's exactly what Jesus mm-hmm. did. He just came and he made himself vulnerable to his creation and said, you know, I'm here to love you. I want to be reconciled to you. Will you reciprocate? Yeah. And that's just, that's, that's mind blowing. I was sitting here just shaking my head thinking about that. Just like that he, I mean, there's no other way to read it. That's, that's more mind blowing than reading it in Philippians two, you know, where it says he did not consider equality with God, something to be grasped. But mm-hmm. he humbled himself and took the place of a servant mm-hmm. and became a man obedient to death. Like God became obedient to death. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even a thing. Like death didn't exist. Like it wasn't an option until we, the human race, chose to go our own way. And that's the that's the thing is like the broken relationship is all our fault. Yeah. We created the broken relationship, not God. But yet he humbled himself and he could have been like, well, if you guys ever get your act together, (laughs) you know, then I'll, you know, maybe save you. Yeah, But that's not what he did. While we were his enemies, he came and died. He came and died for us. Just craziness. Yeah. Our God is so good and so loving. Amen. Um, You know, in verses one through seven, I think, how many points did you have in that section? There were (laughs) a lot. Six. In seven verses, he had six points. Would you just want to like maybe like run through just real quick, high level, run through just those six points? Because I don't want people to have to sit through another teaching. Um, (laughs) But like just that. That would be the worst. It wouldn't be the worst. (laughs) But um, just to hit those high level things in the verses that they're in. Just a quick, for anybody out there who ever wants to be a teacher. I learned this years ago from somebody, I can't remember who it was, but they told me, never tell them how many points you have <laughs> before you share the points. Because if you say, I have six points, everybody's going to be counting like, man, it took him 20 minutes just to get through the first three. Yeah. How long are we going to be here? Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't do that. Yeah. I just did. Good job. Uh, the first one was uh, having to do with, with Paul considering himself to be the prisoner of Christ, mm-hmm. that he um, was chained to Christ and, and he was reaching out to the Gentiles because that's where Jesus was leading him to go. And I just kind of talked about how, what do we chain to? You know, our own desires in life or are we chained to Jesus and going where he wants us to go? And I loved just in that point, you said, you also said, if we only follow our desires, we will, we will miss our calling. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think our desires and calling can mesh for sure. Uh, does happen, but I think, yeah, if you just say, all I'm going to do is what I want to do, then yeah, you could definitely miss your calling. Uh, the second point was dealing with the, the fact that Paul saw the grace that was given to him by God was for the Gentiles, like, like he wasn't just for him to get saved, but it was for him to share with others and how the same thing is true for us, you know, to share that. 
with others. Um, the third one was uh, dealing with revelation, uh, that he said that the way he came to know the truth of the mystery of the gospel of Jesus Christ was through revelation. And I just talked a little bit about that, that need that we have for spiritual, supernatural revelation in our faith, that it's not just a pursuit of knowledge, but we need to be open to uh, God's Spirit revealing truth to us. And then the fourth one was uh, just dealing with that, the, the, what he sets up, the contrast between the Old Testament times and the New Testament times, that in the Old Testament times they had no clue how this was all going to roll out, and now we have the whole story. And what a blessing it is yeah. to be in these days. And then the fifth one uh, was dealing with the reconciliation that we spoke of and how the Jews and Gentiles were being reconciled to each other. And then the sixth one was dealing with uh, the fact that any power, effective power in ministry is God's power. Anything good that happens is the hand of the Lord. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing those and Mm -hmm. just super high level and all of that. And um, I think another, another thing that um, I feel like we often forget I, myself, I'll just put myself in that situation. I won't throw everyone else in there. Um, myself often forget is that grace is not just for me, <laughs> mm. right? Grace is for, for everyone. His mercy is for everyone because there are moments where we want all the mercy and we want all the grace for ourselves, but we don't want it for other people. <laughs> want judgment for them. Yeah. And it's mercy just like, for Lord, me. <laughs> they're driving the wrong way around the roundabout. <laughs> it's like, I hope they get in a car accident. It's like, wow, wow. do you really? <laughs> It just, it shows the, totally. the depravity of your heart. Yeah. Um, I don't wish that on anybody. I used to, <laughs> but I don't anymore because I realized that I was like, oh. I totally, so I totally have that. Like somebody's flying by me this morning on these icy roads, you know, this huge semi truck and he flies by me and I'm like, you know, there's a sharp turn coming up here, buddy. You better, mm-hmm. better slow like, down. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want him to wreck. Yeah. I don't I want him to be sick. Yeah. <laughs> you got to catch yourself on that. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I find myself going into that situation. I'm just like, Oh Lord. And then I'm like, just protect them. Keep them safe. <laughs> Let them get where they're going. <laughs> you know, it's just like, Oh, I catch myself in this. And I don't always catch myself. I'll be honest. I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to sit here and be perfect. So, but you know that I, I just wanted to mention on that. I, that, that became so, my life changed so much, you know, when I went through the cancer thing and they told me I was going to die. And, and the fact that God, brought me through that and kept me alive really helped me in that aspect of like why I was alive. You know, it's like he had his perfect chance to take me. Mm. We were all set. We had everything in order, you know, is ready to die. And then he said, Nope. And I just like, okay, there can only be one reason why I'm still alive, you know, like, and it has to be to glorify God and share him with others. Yeah. That's, that's our whole calling, you know? And I think a lot of people going back to that, you know, if we follow our desires, we will miss our calling. Um, and just, you know, we're going to get into Ephesians chapter four, where it says, you know, it talks about our calling and all of that. And I think a lot of people are waiting for like a personal calling. And I think that those happen, but I think in this, in this verse, it's like walk in a manner that's worthy of the calling with which you've been called. 
It's like, we're called to be sons and daughters of God. Mm. Like we are children of God. Mm-hmm. And it's like walk in a manner that is worthy of being called a son or a daughter of God. And that brings glory to your father. And it's like that. I, I, I finally understood that. I feel like last year, um, just reading that verse, I was just like, he's not talking about what I'm supposed to do with my life and like, like where I'm supposed to work or, or like yeah. what I'm supposed yeah. to do. It's like, it's in a manner of how, of who I am yeah. and where's my identity and who do I, I, identify as mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a follower of God. I'm his son. And so therefore, because I'm his son and I'm a part of his household, I live by different rules like there. And that's mm-hmm. rules. I mean, right. Commandments, all of these things, mm-hmm. but there's a different standard, right? You have, you have family rules. We've all seen those signs for like family rules, like be nice, <laughs> say love, say you love each other, all those kinds of things. But like, our, like the Bible is the handbook for the family of God in that way. And it's like, we're, we're called to live differently, not to set ourselves again, like above people, but to show, but to show people who our God is and who our father is and all of that. And that just radically changed my perspective on it's like, well, it's not just what I do in my job, but it's how I interact with people in general. And whether they see me or don't see me in my car or at home or wherever, like it's, man, I'm, I'm called to walk in a manner that will glorify God in all things. Yeah. It's a go back to that cheesy saying of we're, we're not human doings. We're human beings. And it's like, who are we called to be? Not what are we called to do so as much. Yeah. Awesome, Paul. Well, thanks so much for sharing and uh, hope you all were blessed by just the, the message on Sunday that Paul was able to teach. And then even this podcast. And um, I love what Paul encourages us. The apostle Paul encourages us to to do and that's to grow in grace and grow in mercy and even that's what our lord would have us do mm. you know our jesus would have us do is to grow in grace and grow in mercy with other people um and that's 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 what we're here about you know we're here to see people come to to life giving relationship with jesus right yes. and so that's what it's all about so thanks so much for your time paul and uh we'll we'll talk to you in a few weeks or next week you'll be interviewing somebody else so that's exciting um, have a great day Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. If you'd like more material from Pastor Nate, you can go to pastornate.com. That's the word pastor, the letter N, and the number 8.com. And for more information about our church, you can connect with us through our website at mountainlife.church. Hope you can join us again next week as we continue the conversation.